Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Sports. We hope you enjoyed yesterday's inaugural episode and we're excited to be back in the studio with some content. What's up, guys? Today we're going to be discussing some developments in the NFL as we move closer to draft day. We're now only four days away, so I know we're counting down the days. And after we do so, Sherm, as well as our first ever guest on the show, Tyler McNichol, are going to be giving us their final mock drafts as we head into the season here. Yeah, before we get into that, uh, let's introduce our guest first. Uh, we've got Ty on the call. Thanks for coming on to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here, talk mocks, all that fun stuff. Let's oh, go. yeah. We appreciate you coming on, and we're looking forward to hearing what you've got in the works. So uh, let's get into some discussion here. Uh, we all heard about Dr. Anthony Fauci. He's uh, the most renowned infectious disease specialist in America. He said that he believes sports can return the summer. However, it would be under the proposed circumstance where there would be no fans and the players would have to be kept in hotels where they were regularly tested. Of course, we all want this to come to fruition because we're all missing sports a ton. But what sport do you think would be most impacted by these proposed circumstances? Ty, go first. Um, personally, I think uh, the NFL. Or actually, I think college football would be the most impacted just due to the, like, the large fan base they have, like the, the crowds they have gathered with 100 plus thousand uh, fans showing up to every game. And uh, no fans is, like, a big, big impact on for the home team, for, like, the away team, for everybody involved. For sure, for sure. You got to think about how much revenue those schools are going to be missing out on if they're not able to sell tickets or, like, even if the season gets canceled, God forbid. I know I saw, like, the Florida State um, athletic director was saying they're just praying that they're able to have a football season because it's, like, 90% of their revenue, right? Definitely. Much agreed, fellas. So uh, let's move into the Jordan doc here. We're all excited. The last dance So the first couple episodes, I believe, are kicking off tonight on ESPN. We're all really excited because this has been a long time in the works here. I think like 20 years since uh, Jordan agreed to get this uh, footage documented, but we're finally going to get it. It's coming out tonight. What are you guys looking most forward to about it? Looking forward to most, excuse me. Um, I'm excited to see like I don't know. I've heard rumors that Jordan isn't like the nicest person off the court. Like, and I'm pretty sure most of these rumors are true. So I'm I'm excited to see how that's portrayed uh, within the documentary and if they actually like go like full on like this guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a big Jordan head, a big basketball fan personally. So I'm super excited for this. I know there's been a lot of talk, and I've been watching a lot of podcasts talking about it. Other podcasts. Um, obviously it's the last season before the Bulls broke up at the end of the second three-peat. So, um, I'm pretty sure tensions will be quite high throughout the season as like they've been playing together for a long time at this point. And, uh, yeah, apparently it's full unfiltered Michael Jordan screaming at people. I hope the, uh, scenes from the practices should be entertaining. Couldn't be more excited. I'm looking forward to talking more about it after we see the episodes tonight. So, uh, let's move into some football stuff here. Ty's a Eagles fan. You should have mentioned that. So we've got a bit of an NFC East rivalry brewing here because we got Sherm, who's the Giants fan. Uh, let's talk about the Odell trade rumors. That's an interesting topic. So we've got Odell, a Cleveland Brown currently. However, there's been a lot of noise that they're looking into trading him. The Vikings rumor has been disputed, but there is some word that some other teams might be looking into him. What do you guys have to think about that? I don't think if you're the Browns, you can trade Odell Beckham after what you gave up to get him like a year or two ago like, i just don't I, I don't see a trade happening unless unless they're blown away by an offer i just can't see it happening for yeah sure. for sure i'd agree with ty but 
the rumors have been swirling like crazy. I know I read a report today that was from someone in the Browns camp that said they are absolutely not even listening to offers and they're planning on keeping Odell, but who knows if that's just smoke? Like, who knows at this point? I mean, who would have thought DeAndre Hopkins would be traded? Exactly, right? You don't, you don't know what's going on behind the doors. But uh, I think for sure they give them at least one more season or two to see what they can get out of them, for sure. Because they gave up quite a bit, for sure. So what about this Madden tournament? I know you wanted to talk a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. I saw that on Twitter a couple of hours ago. I don't know if you saw that. A stacked lineup for this online Madden tournament. Tons of uh, NFL players, celebrities. I know Pat McAfee was in it. Drew Locke. A bunch of people. Uh, Snoop Dogg, I think, was in it, too. Tons of people in the Madden tournament. Will Yachty's in it, I'm pretty sure, too. I think I saw that. Yeah. I mean, it's something for us to watch in these times, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then uh, going back to Fauci, I don't know if you guys saw some of the rallies in the states. I think it was mostly in some of the southern states, like Texas and uh, states like that. Uh, fire Fauci chants were breaking out. They were all rallying against the coronavirus and the government making everybody stay inside so pray for sports you know one time honestly that's it's pretty interesting i mean you know fauci's actually he's gained my support with the proposal that we could get sports back but it's not looking too good right now so let's move into the nfl draft i know you've both spent a lot of time preparing your mock drafts so let's get straight into them we're going to start off with ty's mock draft ty who do you have taking with the first overall pick uh i think this one's Pretty obvious. I'm going with Joe Burrow, QB out of LSU. Uh, best QB in the draft, QB and AD team. Um, Mike Brown spent a lot of money this offseason, and I, I honestly think the Bengals could surprise some people with their talent on offense this year with uh, Green, Mixon, Ross, Boyd, Tate, add Barone in that mix. Could be could be pretty fun offense to watch. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't agree more. Um, for my mock draft, I'm just going to preface it. Uh, I'm pretty much guaranteeing it's going to be better than Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft. I don't know if he's on 4.0, 8.0, or 60.0 at this point, but my 1.0 is going to be better than his for sure. So who do you uh, have going first? Yeah, first overall pick, it's pretty obvious. I'm also going with Joe Burrow out of LSU, you know, stud franchise quarterback. They kind of just need a fresh start in Cincinnati. Like, they're not too many years removed from not success, but pretty pretty good football in Cincinnati so I also agree with Ty that they have enough weapons to uh do something you know decent this year you think they could help maybe expand or Burrow could help expand John Ross's game maybe help get Boyd to that level that a lot of people thought he would be at last season uh for sure even uh even like Auden Tate I feel like he'll be able to involve people like Auden Tate in the offense even better and they'll run three wide receiver sets Absolutely. All right, well, let's get into the Redskins here. So, Ty, who do you have going number two? Uh, this is another one that I'm pretty sure is pretty consensus uh, around, like, the whole league is uh, Chase Young going number two here. Um, obviously, Dan Snyder is Dan Snyder, and he could fuck this up, but <laughs> pretty sure they're going to go with Chase Young uh, in, this, in this draft. And Their D-line, pretty good if they get Chase Young. They have Kerrigan, Payne, uh, Allen, Montez Sweat. Yeah. A, yeah. lot of, a lot of first-round talent on that D-line. Kerrigan's been a stud for a while, actually. One of my favorite players on the Redskins. Mm. Sherm, do you have the same thing? Uh, yeah, as a Giants fan, I was kind of hoping that we would uh, be in this position in the draft at uh, midpoint through the season to get Chase Young. But 
fortunately things didn't work out that way but yeah i have the exact same another can't miss talent uh ohio state seems to have a, a knack for getting these crazy gifted uh edge rushers um he's athletically gifted he's a freak so i think he'll be a day one impact on that defensive line absolutely so here's when the draft starts to get interesting for a lot of people ty what do you have happening at three uh well, i've been saying like the p- third pick is where the draft starts this year yeah literally yeah, um, this is where I have the first trade of the draft happening. I, I Dolphins trading back to the fifth pick. Um, or the Lions started trading back. Dolphins trading up, giving their 26th and fifth. And I, I have them getting their guy in uh, Tua. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I honestly think uh, no injuries were the case. I think there would be a lot more conversation between Joe Burrow versus uh, Tua in this draft. He's a stud. If he can stay healthy, man, he's going to be scary in this NFL. Absolutely. Our mock drafts are actually the exact same to this point. I had that same trade. Ben, what do you have at number three? Well, I agree with that, but uh, this is where my mock draft is going to be a little different. Um, It may be a little biased based on some of the bets that I have going for the uh, draft. And this is definitely one of those picks that's slightly biased. But I think the Lions will stay pat here and try and get their replacement for Darius Slay and one Jeff Okuda. Um, I think definitely for sure. If there's going to be a trade, it's going to be the Lions or Giants pick, one of the two. So we'll see who actually ends up trading out. But I got the Lions stand put and taking Jeff Okuda. All right. All right. Well, that's definitely a possibility. I still think that that's their number one guy, and that very well could happen. So, Ty, let's get into number four here. Uh, yeah, well, this is uh, Ben's Giants, obviously, so he probably knows more than me. But uh, they could go defense here, but I think they want to protect Daniel Jones, especially after all the fumbles last year. And uh, to do that, I think they go the best offensive tackle in the draft with Jedrick Wills. Mm, Wills, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting pick, interesting pick for sure. So here's where my mock draft starts to get even more unique from some of the others you guys have seen out there. Um, my heart says Isaiah Simmons with this pick, but my brain says trade down. So that's exactly what they're going to do in this draft. They're going to trade down with the Chargers. The Chargers are going to leap one spot above the Dolphins and snag Tua at number four. Okay. Love it. That's an interesting trade. And that very well could happen if the Dolphins get, you know, a little lazy in the process and think that they could get Tua at five. They very well could get jumped by the Chargers. For sure. The Dolphins definitely have more ammunition, like more first-round picks to give up. But I just feel like the Chargers are going to bounce on this opportunity and get their uh, new uh, franchise QB. Absolutely. Good trade, good trade. All right, well, Ty, get into number five here. All right, well, obviously I have the Dolphins who traded back, or the Lions who traded back to this pick at uh, five, and uh, they get their guy in Jeff Okuda at five. They also get the additional pick, and they get the guy they originally wanted at three. Uh, I think Okuda is one of the top three players in the draft. He's a, he's a lockdown corner, and uh, he's a good replacement for Darius Slay, who they obviously lost to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, best team in the NFL. <laughs> yeah from the eagle stuff i agree with that entirely yeah for sure um that definitely very well could happen if that happens i think that's the biggest win-win for the lions in this draft that's probably their goal going into the draft um so once again here's another unique pick in my draft since two is already gone from the dolphins the dolphins are just going to go kind of best player available at this point and they're going to get a playmaker for their defense and isaiah simmons all over the field, can play multiple positions, and can help with that linebacking and getting after the quarterback. That would be a great situation if it turns out that way. That's about the best worst-case scenario that they could have in my mind. Mm -hmm. So, um, Ty, what do you have at number six here? 
six, the Chargers. I I I was very close to giving them Isaiah Simmons. I was mm-hmm. very close, but I I do think they go Justin Herbert in the draft. That they do have need a quarterback. They've been quiet all offseason on the quarterback front. They say they're happy with Tyrod, but I mean, are they? You know, like Her- Herbert's good. He's got a powerful arm. Um, he does miss open receivers kind of often, which is a concern. But uh, he is a good quarterback, and I think he could develop with the Chargers with the talent they have on offense. Absolutely. I have that pick as well. So, Ben, you have the Giants training down to six here. Who do you have the Giants taking? Yeah, so once again, they're just going to go with the smart pick here. Actually, the same guy that Ty had them taken. We're going to go with Jedrick Wills, the tackle from Alabama. Just seems like a day one pro-ready starter, whether he's going to play left tackle or right tackle, probably right tackle for us at this point. But I know that Gettleman said that uh, Nate Solder is not set as a starter for this year, although we're paying him paying him like a starter. He is not set as a starter. So we'll see. Yeah, I'd say Wills is most likely the the offensive tackle who's ready for day one starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, they all have their upside, but I'd say that's what Wills is most known for at this point. He's definitely pro-ready. So let's get to number seven here. Uh, so number seven, I have my personal like favorite player in the draft dropping all the way to seven and that's Isaiah Simmons. This guy can line up anywhere on the field. He can play safety linebacker. He can line up and rush the passer. Um, Panthers have a need to fill a void after keekley has gone. They need a guy in the middle of the D that can make plays. And I think Isaiah Simmons is that guy. I agree. I, well, we all know the Panthers have a glaring hole at linebacker after Keekley's retirement. And that was already, you know, getting worse after their, after Davis left to the Chargers, Thomas Davis. And now they really only have Shaq Thompson in their linebacker core. So that'll be really good to get Isaiah Simmons there to get that duo brewing. That should be a really good move. Ben, what are you thinking for number seven? So at number seven, the Panthers, of course, probably want Isaiah Simmons at this point, but I don't think he'll get down to seven. He very well could, but who knows? Um, I have them taking Derek Brown. It just seems like a good fit. Uh, they kind of need help all over that defense. They've lost a lot of players in the past few years. Um, he's a pro-ready talent. He could have came out of college, I believe, last year. He's an impact player at his position. So, yeah, Derek Brown. Good pick. All right, number eight, we got the Arizona Cardinals. Who are the Cardinals selecting? Um, originally, uh, before the tra- D-Hop trade, obviously, I think this pick would have been C.D. Lamb. Um, but now I, I think they're going to get some help for Kyler on the O-line instead of in the receiving game. And uh, I think to do that, they go with uh, one of the big offensive tackles in Tristan Wirfs. Uh, obviously, the Cardinals had protection uh, issues this year, and I think Wirfs can do a lot to help solve that. Mm-hmm. Wirfs is thought of to have one of the biggest upsides of the offensive tackles in this class, and that would be a good pick for the Cardinals, given you know how many times Kyler Murray was sacked last season. I think it was the most in the NFL. What do you have, uh, what do you have the Cardinals doing, Ben? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, before the Hopkins trade, they definitely would have tried to get C.D. Lamb to get that Kyler-C.D. connection again. That would have been something special. But I also have just the same as you. They're going to protect Kyler, and they're going to take Tristan Wirfs. Like Goldie just said, he's got the highest potential probably out of all the offensive tackles in the draft. Um, and they just need to protect Kyler, man, with his small size and frame. Like They can't be having him get a lot of hits on him throughout the year. Absolutely. So we, that leads us to the Jaguars in number nine. What do you think the Jags are going to do? They've had a really bad offseason this offseason. Uh, they've had a b- bad couple offseasons. I, I can't tell you the exact number of players that are left from that AFC championship run, but it's, it's not many for sure. Um, oh, I, I think they go BPA here on defense, and they go Derek Brown to tackle. 
he can control gaps in the run, use his power to attack the passer. He's just an all-around stud, and he can come in and make an impact on that D, especially with the loss of Kalias Campbell and other guys on that line. Yannick leaving soon. Yeah. That definitely seems like the best player available at that point, and given their demise on defense, that would be a wise move, especially on the front seven. We know about AJ and Jalen, and we talked about that last episode, but if you go and look at it on paper, it's nearly the entire front seven that's leaving. By the time Ngake leaves, I'm pretty sure it will be the entire front seven. They also lost both safeties, Barry Church and whoever else was there. Just a complete rebuild in Jacksonville. What do you think about that, Jeremy? Yeah, for sure. Jacksonville is going through a weird stage right now as an organization. I think they have a culture problem for sure with all these players, even like Leonard Fournette's being rumored to be traded at this point. So they're kind of just losing every big name player that they've had. Um, I don't want to put that on Tom Coughlin. I got love for Tom Coughlin, but you never know. Um, I also have them going defensive line, getting the next best uh, pass rusher in this draft and Javon Kinlaw. Number nine. Okay, so that's that's a good pick for Kinlaw, but that's a little higher than I've seen him in some other mock drafts. He definitely has the potential. There were some concerns about how polished his game was, but there's definitely the frame and the skill set to develop into a, a player worthy of that high of a selection. So I could see that happening. Yeah, big potential pick. All right, so let's see what's happening in number 10. Ty, who do you have the Browns taking? Um, you look at the Browns, they don't really have too many holes on paper. Obviously, that's on paper. They can't seem to pull it together. But uh, I, I think one of their biggest holes is uh, offensive tackle. And I, I think they go with a very athletic guy in uh, Mekhi Becton at uh, the 10 spot here. Uh, a lot of potential with that guy. Very athletic, very powerful. And I think they get him to protect Baker. Makai mm-hmm. Becton, 6'7", insanely big frame. A lot of mixed reviews from some analysts about motivation. Sherm referenced that last episode, but I really do like the idea of having a big tackle that's that you know that wide of a frame that can dominate in the run. He's, I uh, I don't know which analyst it was off off the top of my head, but they said he was the best finisher in the run game since Quentin Nelson. That's definitely an impressive comparison. Sherm, what do you have to happen at number ten? Yeah, for sure. So similar thought process for myself. I think uh, offensive tackles for sure the biggest need for the Browns at this point. Um, I don't have them going Beckton because I feel like they take the more pro-ready player in Andrew Thomas from Georgia just so that they can get some day one production, guaranteed production, and kind of give time for Baker to allow the offense to develop and, you know, get Odell the ball more or less. That's fair. That's fair. So let's move into number 11, New York Jets. Who are they going to select? Um, I don't have the Jets selecting with this pick. I actually have them trading back Ooh. after the Becton selection, and I have them trading with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Jets get a, a third-round pick and the 14th overall in return. Um, Tampa's in win-now mode right now. They, they have a year or two to, like, make a run. And uh, every other QB first year in Arian system gets absolutely hammered, like sacks on sacks. And I, I think they're going to try and trade up. Uh, there's four big offensive tackles in this draft. And three of them have gone, and I think they trade up for the fourth in Andrew Thomas. That's a really good pick. I actually had them getting Andrew Thomas in my mock draft as well. However, I had him sliding to 14. So if they can move up and get him at 11, I'm sure they'll do that if they see it. Uh, if they see a need to do so. I could honestly even see them moving up even higher. Uh, two picks I, I was thinking about moving them to were uh, Jags or Panthers. But with Derek Brown and Simmons there, I couldn't, couldn't make that a valid trade. But I, I could see them moving up even higher and getting a, one of the bigger offensive tackles in that draft. Definitely something to watch out for. Sure. And what are you thinking for number 11? Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. You'll have to see what the Bucks do in my draft. Another surprising pick later on. But I got the Jets staying put here. Um, the Jets have a lot of needs all over their offense and defense uh, with rumors that they're trying to trade or get rid of 
uh, Jamal Adams at this point, who really knows what the thought process is in New York. Um, I have them going with a pick that's going to protect their young quarterback and Sam Darnold and give him some more time for the offense to develop and make reads in Mackay Becton. Obviously, we just referenced huge frame, tons of potential, but has some uh, motivation issues and some other issues. I know he just had a diluted sample or something or the other, so we'll see. Definitely something to watch out for, and that could actually lower his draft status a bit, depending on how tight of a race it was. So that could be a play for the Jets at 11. Let's move into the Las Vegas Raiders here, number 12. All right, I have a pretty interesting pick here. Um, I don't think the Raiders are sold on Derek Carr. Oh, don't thought the same. I, I think this is this is where they move on or get someone to for the future, and I think they go Jordan Love at twelve. Wow, he, he had a lot of he very raw prospect, very raw prospect, a lot of flaws, but Gruden, Gruden, I think Gruden can develop him and work with him, and I, I think you in a year or two he'll be the starter for the Raiders. Let me ask you something, Ty. So I also have the Raiders taking. Jordan Love, but I had them taking Jordan Love at 19. Do you think someone's going to come and snag Jordan Love before that 19th pick, and that's why he might go at 12? I, I think you never know, especially with quarterbacks. I, I don't know. I don't think any of the teams that have those picks will could take a quarterback there, but you never know with trade-ups. And I, if, you, if your guy's available on the board, especially at the quarterback position, you take him. Yep, very fair. Sherm, what are you thinking for 12? Uh, you're not going to like this pick. I'm not going to lie, Goldie. Uh, I got the Raiders taking uh, a guy in C.D. Lamb, uh, number one wide out for Derek Carr. I don't think they give up on Derek Carr quite just yet. Um, their desperate need for a playmaker, you know, after losing Amari Cooper, they don't really have that. Obviously, C.D., he's my number one wide receiver in the draft. I just think he has a special uh, after-the-catch ability. Everything about him is just solid. That'd be heartbreaking. But that could. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my God, that would be terrible. CD is definitely a great player, and so is Judy for that matter. But it definitely looks like they're going to be getting off the board here soon. So, what do you guys happening at 13? Uh, this I have CD Lamb going to 13 in the Niners, and cool. I I think if they go CD Lamb, that offense is going to be scary. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Mostert, and CD Lamb. Uh, yeah, once again, as Ben touched on, best receiver in the draft, like, like huge catch radius, monster in the red zone, plays above his height, amazing after the catch, just all-around talent. Yeah, for sure. What are you thinking for 13, Ben? I actually have the 49ers trading out of this pick. Mm. So I noticed that they don't have a lot of picks in the middle of the draft between the second and fourth and fifth rounds. They, I think they have like almost no picks. So I think they're going to trade down and try and fill some of those picks throughout the draft there. They're going to trade down with the Broncos, actually. Hopefully this will rise your spirits a little bit in the draft. And uh, the Broncos are going to trade up and try and get, not get their guy in C.D. Lamb, but get the next best guy in Jerry Judy. Arguably the number one receiver in the draft. A great uh, weapon to pair with Cortland Sutton. And they're just going to bounce on the opportunity to move up. Hey, I can't complain. That would be awesome. I'm a fan. So let's check out what you guys have for number 14. So, Ty, you had the Jets trading up to this pick, correct? Or trading down to this pick? Trading down to this pick. That's correct. And uh, they get some help for Sam Darnold. And they, they get Jerry Judy here. Uh, Jerry Judy's route running is some like some of the best route running that's come out past 10 years. Um, he, he's a guy that can develop along with Darnold, uh, which the Jets desperately need because uh, I don't even know who's their number one receiver anymore. Inunua? Like, who knows? Um, he's going to be a solid addition to the Jets and uh, instant instant playmaker there. 
that'd be a great value move if they if they can manage to move down, get some extra draft compensation, and get their guy in Jerry Judy, who a lot of people have them taking it eleven. That'd be really good. Sherman, what are you thinking for fourteen? So I got the Bucks staying put here, and uh, this is definitely going to be an interesting pick. I don't really think it's going to happen, but like who knows? At this point, a lot of mock drafts. The real draft is nothing like the mock drafts, right? So this is kind of an out there pick. But I got the Bucks kind of thinking about the future, thinking about what's going on. They know that Tom Brady's time is limited, probably only a couple years. So they're going to bounce on a quarterback who has slipped in my mock draft in Justin Herbert to learn behind Brady for a year or two. Very interesting selection. I wanted to note, I didn't notice this until now, neither of you had a wide receiver in the top 10. I think not even until the, until the 11th pick was the first wide receiver, right? Or 12? From I had the first at 12, yeah. Interesting. Interesting to note. Let's see how it plays out on Thursday. So let's move into 15 here. So what do you have happening at 15, Ty? Uh, I have uh, Henry Ruggs going to 15, which would probably make you pretty happy. Uh, a lot is said about his speed, but like I don't, I don't think he's comparable to John Ross or even Marquise Brown. I think his hands are better than both of them. His routes are crisper. I'm pretty sure his drop rate was actually like one of the best in the like his drop rate was like five percent better than Jerry Judy. Like he has good hands, and he's going to be immediate threat across from Cortland Sutton in Denver. Yeah, no doubt there's a need for a second wide receiver in Denver, so that's a selection that definitely makes sense. Sherman, what are you thinking at 15? You have the 49ers trading down, correct? Yeah, I have the 49ers trading down to this pick, and uh, they're still going to get a great player and fill a need at this pick, which I think is definitely a win-win for the 49ers if this is able to work out. They're going to go cornerback and get C.J. Henderson out of Florida, I believe. Uh, Somewhat of a best player available mindset. Uh, He's got all the tools to be a stud corner in the league, size, athleticism, ball skills, and it gives him an opportunity to learn under, you know, one of the great corners in Richard Sherman. So. Definitely a move that makes sense. We all know how good Sherman is, but he's definitely aging out of his prime a little, and that's the perfect time to pick up a first-round talent to back him up. So let's move into 16. We've got the Atlanta Falcons selecting here. Ty, what are you thinking? Um, I think they go with a really underrated player in this draft, and that's uh, Clayvon Chason out of LSU. Uh, I think he's going to be an immediately, immediate threat off the edge, and uh, <clears throat> the Falcons are going to hope that Chason can be what they thought Beasley was at one point. Absolutely. I've heard great things about Chase. Ben, what are you thinking about 16? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a great fit to me as well, Ty. I got Chase on going right here to Atlanta as well. Uh, obviously, fill a need on the defensive line. They need some more playmakers up front on that defense to replace Vic Beasley and some of the other guys. Uh, he's just an explosive athlete coming off the edge. Once again, an underrated player in the draft. All right, well, I've been looking forward to this point in the draft. The Dallas Cowboys, the infamous Cowboys. He's not like the Cowboys. I'm really interested to see if you guys are going to let your bias play into this pick at all. So, Ty, let's hear from you first. What do you have happening at 17? I actually think the Cowboys make a good pick here, and they go with uh, the top safety in the draft to get them some help on defense. And that would be uh, Xavier McKinney. I I think he's a stud who can make an impact for them, which is unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, I think they get their guy in Xavier McKinney. I had McKinney going to the Cowboys as well, but I did mention the possibility of a Jamal Adams trade. Do you think that's even in the cards? Um, I think anything is in the cards, obviously, but like if they do make that trade, they're they're going to be pretty strapped for cash. Like it, he's going to want to be paid fifteen to twenty million a year, and they already got to pay Dak a hundred million a year because he's that good. He's so great. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I said, Ty. Um, but yeah. 
I, I don't see a trade happening. So McKinney at 17 for Ty. What do you have happening, Sure. Uh, similarly to McKinney, I have the Cowboys going and filling a need in the secondary. Uh, obviously, we all know they just lost their stud corner in Byron Jones. So they're going to replace him with Christian Fulton, uh, the corner. He's a, an elite press corner and just someone who fills a position that the Cowboys kind of need help with. Absolutely. Interesting things to note on Christian Fulton. When lined up against Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and T. Higgins combined over three games, he allowed three receptions for 39 yards, no touchdowns on 11 targets. That's quite locked down in the biggest games of his life, and that really speaks to his, uh, his ability to play the cornerback position at a high level. I think that'd be a great pick for the Cowboys. Well, after hearing that, I really hope the Cowboys don't take him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move into 18. The Dolphins have the, are the only team in the league to have three selections in the first round. This is their second of the three. What are they going to do? They're, they're going to trade back. Uh, in my draft, I have them trading their 26th pick. Uh, so I think they'd try and get some more draft capital here. And they uh, they trade back to 21 with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. And uh, the Eagles trade up to jump the Raiders and uh, take a guy at LSU and Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, I've, I've given a lot of looks at the wide receiver prospects in this draft, and I'm back and forth between uh, Jefferson and Mims as the fourth best. But I think uh, Jeff Jefferson... He can play outside and slot. A lot's made that he played slot only this year, but 2018 he played outside, and I think he can. Uh, he's multidimensional. He can help Carson Wentz win some big games in the NFL. Absolutely. An interesting note on the wide receivers. I believe, so um, you, one of you had rugs in your draft to Denver. Uh, what, what was the other pick for Denver? I had Denver taking Judy, trading up for Judy. Well, uh, an interesting thing to note here, Woody Page from the Gazette, who does a lot of reports on the Broncos, came out with a report this morning. What it said was that he believes that his sources have information that suggests that Denver is going to be looking to trade up to either the 8 spot or the 10 spot in order to select Jerry Judy out of Alabama. The only reason I bring this up as an interesting thing to note is that Woody Page actually called Denver's trade back last season to get Noah Fant in the end of the first round and also called their second round selection of... Uh, of Dalton Reisner, which is really impressive considering that most of the time these things don't go correctly. So an interesting thing to note to who pick, whoever picked Judy because it's looking a lot more like that's becoming a reality. Let's uh, move to your 18th picture. Yeah, so for the Dolphins' second-round pick, uh, the first – or sorry, not second-round pick, second first-round pick. Uh, the first pick they went with Isaiah Simmons in my mock. Uh, so they're going to help get uh, help for the offense with this pick. They're going to go with the best receiver available in the draft at this point, which is Henry Ruggs, uh, a much-needed playmaker for the Dolphins on offense, opposite Devontae Parker, kind of a different style receiver that will complement Devontae Parker. I'm a big Devontae Parker fan. Shout out Devontae Parker. Uh, yeah, Henry Ruggs, elite speed value at this pick. I know he didn't. Uh, he wasn't involved like a crazy amount in college. He only caught like 40 or 50 passes or something crazy, but he's a special talent for sure. Absolutely. Ruggs is definitely uh, projected to be top 15 in most people's drafts, so the Dolphins being able to get him at 18 would be quite a value pick. So now we have the Las Vegas Raiders, their second pick of the first round, number 19. So Ty, you have them selecting Jordan Love, number 12. What are they going to do, number 19? Uh, with all the, the top four receivers being gone here, I think they uh, they make a move on defense. And uh, I know Ben had this guy going a bit early, so the Raiders would be happy to get this guy here at 19, and that is uh, Javon Kinlaw. Uh, hard to pass up. Best player available at this point. Uh, pro add to their young D-line, right? They got to contain Mahomes, and uh, what better way to do that than get young on the D-line? 
Yeah. yeah. Pretty upset if that happened. I would be absolutely terrible if the Raiders were able to get Kim Law at 19, but that would be a great <laughs> selection on their part. Sherm, what are you thinking for 19? Uh, yeah, that would be crazy if Ken Law slips that far, but who, who knows, really. Um, I have similar thought process. I have them going D-line to get a little more uh, pass rush on that around the edge. And they're going with Yeter Gross Matus out of BYU, I want to say, or Penn State. One Penn, State. Two. Penn State. Penn State, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a high motor. He finishes the play downfield. He's got all the tools to be an elite pass rusher. So, Absolutely. Yeter Gross Matus. Sounds <laughs> Let's go into number 20 here. So we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars, their second selection of the draft in the first round here. So, Ty, what do you think for number 20? Uh, I think they go defense again here. Obviously, like, that defense is is is, is bad. Uh, like they have a chance to be the worst defense in the NFL this year. And uh, I think they go with Patrick Queen to try and uh, help that out. He's an outstanding coverage linebacker. Uh, he can get handled in the run game a little bit. But I think the for his, like, play on against the pass, it's worth it. Absolutely. Patrick Queen, the MVP of this year's National College Championship game. He had a fantastic game, and that really projected his draft status up into this mid-first round area. Sherm, what are you thinking for 20? Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of crazy to think how quickly the Jaguars' defense shifted from one of the best in the league and even in the past decade to one of the worst in the league. Um, With that being said, I have them going offensive line here with a need to protect the quarterback i know that uh minshu kind of just got destroyed last year he got sacked a lot so they're gonna go with with, uh offensive tackle here with josh jones Uh, he's a good tackle prospect ability to block fast edge rushers so seems like a good fit josh jones just got left out of my mock draft it was either him or austin jackson interesting to see him go at 20 here but I mean, offensive lines always need in the NFL. It's definitely one of the harder positions to find security at, so I could see them making that move. Let's look at number 21 here. So we've got the Dolphins trading down to 21 in Ty's mock draft. What do you see the Dolphins doing here, Ty? Um, I think they uh, they go with the best running back in the draft class, and that's uh, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. Shout out, Georgia. Uh, Georgia's recently become RBU. Like, the, the amount of running backs this school is producing is just insane. And uh, he's an athletic running back. He's also an outstanding pass blocker, which is something that gets overlooked a lot. Um, but he can come in. He could be a day-one difference maker in Miami, paired along with Tua. Absolutely. So most people's number one running back comes off the board mid-first round in Ty's mock draft. That's number 21 to the Dolphins. Sherman, what do you have at number 21? So Ty might not like this. I actually have the Eagles with the first three receivers gone. They're going to pass on Justin Jefferson, kind of surprisingly. And they're going to fill a need on the defense. After losing Malcolm Jenkins, they're going to take Xavier McKinney out of Alabama and just fill that need, get a playmaker for the secondary and the defense. That's an interesting selection because I certainly agree with you that Xavier McKinney will help fill that gap that Malcolm Jenkins left. But a lot of good noise about Justin Jefferson being a mid-first-round talent. And I've heard about him as a trade-up candidate for the Eagles and even as a potential candidate for the Broncos to take at 15. So the thought of the Eagles passing him up at 21 would definitely be hard to imagine. But we, you know, we'll see come draft day. Anything happens, right? So let's go to number 22 here. we got the Vikings. Who do you think is going to go to number 22 to the Vikings? Um, I, I think this pick right here is a dream come true for the Vikings. Uh, they have CJ Henderson falling right into their laps at 22. The I fact that realize that is, is pretty crazy, but, uh, they lost Rhodes and Waynes this off season and like, he's a lockdown corner and he's going to develop into a star in this league. I truly believe CJ Henderson is a, 
is a grade A prospect. And uh, the fact that he's there at 22 in my mock, you know, you got to pull the trigger on that. Absolutely. I had Henderson going number eight in my mock, so that would definitely be a slide. What do you think about number 22, Sure. And that would be a steal if they get Henderson here. Um, one pick after the Eagles, the Vikings are shocked who's still on the board. So they're going to jump on Justin Jefferson after losing Stefan Diggs. Uh, fills a need, of course, after losing Diggs. Uh, he's got the potential to be an elite slot receiver in the NFL. He's got all the tools. And yeah. Absolutely. Jefferson's a star. We all know that. We all saw it on the brightest stage. So. No need to dispute that pick. That's a great selection if he manages to fall all the way to 22. So number 23, we have the New England Patriots. This is really a wild card pick. Super hard to predict what the Pats are going to do, but give it your best shot. Ty, what do you think Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going to do at number 23? I think the Pats are going to go with uh, A.J. Epineza. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, but the D-end, he just seems like a Patriots guy, you know? He can rush the passer play the run very versatile Pats can move him along the line I think it's gonna be a player that Belichick likes that's and I, I think they're gonna take him in the first that's a great pick I had the exact same thing and pretty much the same rationale what do you think in sure yeah so the Pats it's like Ty said it's hard to really know who the Pats are gonna go um I think they kind of see this as an opportunity to find the replacement for Tom Brady or the possible replacement for Tom Brady I don't think they're really sold on Stidham or any of the other options they have right now so they're going to take a raw quarterback prospect in Jordan Love to kind of just sit and learn for maybe a year or so, or even throw him in midseason Daniel Jones style and see what happens. Uh, I actually think that the Patriots are going to take uh, Jake Fromm in a later round. Definitely I, possible as well. I think he's the perfect possible. Patriots player. That is yeah. so funny. That's so funny you say that because I actually had it written down here. I wanted to get into a discussion because Jake Fromm, we won't get too sidetracked here, but he had the highest Wonderlick score reported amongst this year's draft class for quarterbacks. He scored a 36. And, you know, Bill Belichick likes to smart QBs, and not to say that's necessarily telling of your intelligence, but it <coughs> provides a little more insight into that possible relationship, and I could certainly see Fromm being a selection in the mid-rounds. That's another bold picture, and I think Jordan Love is definitely a raw prospect and I don't think Belichick has as much of a patience with the rookies however I could see a potential redshirt year if that's how they went about it but we'll see come draft day let's talk about number 24 the Saints who do you have them taking Ty uh Saints another team uh they're in win now mode I think I think Breeze has come out and said like this is his last season um they got Emmanuel Sanders in free agency which is which was huge but I think they could uh give him even, even more help at receiver here with uh Brandon Ayuk I think he's another really underrated receiver in the draft. Uh, it was between him and Mims, but I think Mims is the more raw prospect, whereas Ix the more like he's going to contribute now. So I think they go go with Ix at receiver. At and that's wide receiver off the board, right? Mm-hmm. So that rounds out Ty's top five wide receivers going number 24 to the Saints. Sherm, who do you have going to the Saints? Yeah, so the Saints, um, I have them filling a need in the secondary. Like we said, you said in your mock draft, the Saints have kind of got a – kind of got uh, weak in the secondary and they've kind of been exposed in playoff games and uh, big plays in the secondary. So this is a guy that's going to come in in AJ Terrell and kind of uh, be a lockdown corner for them and learn from Lattimore and Jenkins and some of the experience they have because you can really never have enough corners in this today today's age in the NFL. So three corners for sure. Mm-hmm. AJ Terrell is a late riser in this draft process, and I have him going number twenty fourth to the Saint or number twenty four to the Saints as well. So that's an interesting pick. I definitely think it works, and it definitely fits need on the Saints defense. So that's a good spot to fill in. 
Let's talk yeah. about the Vikings here. So the Vikings have had a not too not too good of a offseason in terms of their defensive departures, but they were able to garner another first round selection through their trade of Stephon Diggs. What do you see them doing in number twenty five, Ty? Um, well, Ben had them going receiver earlier in this draft in his mock, and I have them going receiver here at twenty five. They take Denzel Mims. Uh, this guy reminds me a lot of DK Metcalf coming out of last year's draft. He's tall, fast, athletic. Uh, some questions about his hands arose, drop issues, but uh, revealed that he played whole last season at Baylor with a broken hand. So that should be a non-issue, and I think he'll come in and uh, be the replacement they need. Speaks to his toughness as well. That's impressive stuff. What do you think, Sherm? I did not know that he played a whole season with a broken hand. That's crazy. Um, the Vikings, kind of a funny pick here. I have them filling a need. Like Ty said earlier, they got uh, C.J. Henderson as a steal, right? So I have them filling the need at quarterback or cornerback here at 25 with Trevon Diggs. Uh, funny enough, after doing some research, he's the brother of Stefan Diggs. So I'm sure Stefan only has nice things to say about the organization because uh, his departure was so smooth. Uh, it just makes sense as a fit. You know, they have a good track record with the Diggs, you know. It'd be hilarious if it played out that way. And they do have a need for a corner. And I definitely think they're going to address it with one of their two first round picks. So that, that could come to fruition. Let's talk about the Dolphins here. So you, act, sorry, actually, so Ty has the Lions with this pick now because of that first round trade from the uh, the third pick for the fifth and the 26th. So Lions at 26, what do you have, Ty? Uh, I have them getting some D-line help here uh, with Yetzer Gross Matos. Uh, yeah, I think he's a stud and he's a good edge rusher. Uh, been a bit overlooked in the uh, in the process because there's other guys like Chase on and such, but uh, I think he's going to be a stud. You know, uh, actually, there's... I would not be surprised if you see the Eagles go D-line in the first round and take this guy and just screw everybody's mocks up. God. The Come Eagles on. do not need help on that D-line. They don't, but they, they, they love the lines, man. They I love the lines. I can't believe I've been pronouncing his name wrong the whole time. All right, well, thanks for that, Ty. Let's talk, <laughs> about, let's talk about the Dolphins now for you, Sherm. So Dolphins at 26, what do you have happening there? Yeah, so this is a pick that I kind of feel they can do anything with. Once again, it's a team that has a lot of needs. Um, I feel like they get a playmaker here for their offense. And DeAndre Swift as the first running back off the board. Obviously, they need a running back trading Kenyon Drake last year. I'm not even sure who their starting running back is at this point. So uh, they use the third first rounder they have to get a franchise back. He's a good pass catcher as well. He just needs to work on a little fumbling issue, but first running back off the board. Definitely, and pass catching backs are becoming increasingly valuable in today's game, as seen with the now highest paid running back in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey. So that pick makes a lot of sense for the Dolphins. Let's highest talk. paid running back in the NFL for now, sorry. For now, yeah, that's fair. We'll see what happens. Here we have on the horizon, Dalvin, Alvin Kamara, some other guys need some contracts. Derrick Henry is going to get his soon. Well, let's, let's get into 27 here. we got the Seahawks. So, Ty, what do you have happening at 27? Uh, well, two things are certain in life, and that's uh, death and the Seahawks trading back in the first round. <laughs> that's Let's a fact. Uh, I have them trading back here, not too far, just to the 30th pick. I have the Packers jumping over the Ravens to take a middle linebacker. Uh, Ravens could use a middle linebacker, so could the Packers with the loss of Blake Martinez, and I have them going uh, with Kenneth Murray here. Uh, he's outstanding th three-down linebacker. Uh, you play the run, you play the pass. Um, he's going to be a factor in the middle of that defense immediately where the Packers could use some help. Yeah, Kenneth Murray is an, ath an athletic freak. He just needs to get the, uh, the fundamentals of his game together, develop a little more knowledge-wise, but 
you know, he's a great player. He's got the tools, and he's going to put it together if he can get into that Pete Carroll orchestrated defense. What do you have happening, 27, Sherm? Yeah, so I kind of forgot the Seahawks trade down every single draft, so I have them sticking with this pick, but I'm sure they will probably trade down to the uh, demise of many Seahawks fans. I know they hate seeing that every year. Uh, They're going to take Zach Bond here. They kind of need help with the linebacker core other than Bobby Wagner, and Zach Bond is good. He's versatile as a linebacker and edge rusher. He's decent in coverage, so seems like a good fit. Definitely viewed as one of the better pass catch, or uh, sorry, pass rushing defensive lineman in the draft, Zach Bond. So that'd be a good pick. Let's talk about the Ravens here at 28. Um, I have them make an interesting pick here with uh, LaVisca Chanel, mm. uh, receiver out of Colorado. Um, v- unbelievable talent. Uh, he's multidimensional. He's got snaps at running back, tight end, receiver, quarterback. He's a powerful guy. Can move with the ball in space. Uh, he's going to be a good target for Lamar, but the big question is, can he stay healthy? And even at the combine, we saw him had to leave after running his 40. Injury has been a big part of this guy's uh, career so far, and hopefully they don't define his career. Absolutely. We've talked a lot on the show so far about Swiss Army Knife players. She knows the definition of that. He does it all for Colorado. Obviously concerned about his hernia surgery, and we all hope that he can get better because he's really entertaining in college, and we all know he has the potential to contribute in the NFL. So that would be a great spot for him to pair up with the MVP, Lamar Jackson. What do you think, Sherm? Yeah, so the Ravens, uh, they're staying put here, and they're getting great value at this pick. I think Ozzie Newsome and the Ravens would be uh, ecstatic in the draft room or the virtual draft room if this player is there at 28, and that's Patrick Queen. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed he hadn't gone yet in my mock draft, but fills a huge void from losing C.J. Mosley. Uh, he's a quick reaction time player. He's a playmaker in the middle of that defense. Once again, the Ravens don't have a lot of needs, and this is one of them, so that would be huge. Yeah, that would be huge. Getting a linebacker like Queen at 28 would be very great for the Ravens, considering that most people have him as a mid-first rounder. Let's talk the Titans here. There's a couple areas the Titans need to improve, and where do you think they're going to head in, Ty? Uh, I think they're going to go with the best corner on the board here, and that's uh, Christian Fulton, uh, who lasted 29 in my mock. Uh, they need a replacement for Logan Ryan, who's still who's still not signed anywhere, which is kind of odd. But uh, I think Christian Fulton's a guy that can lock down a receiver, and I think the Titans get their guy there. Mm-hmm. I already mentioned the dominance of Fulton on the big stage in a couple of college games there. He'll definitely translate into the Tennessee defense and help them go back to the playoffs if they're able to you know, piece back together a Derrick Henry contract and maybe make some other good selections in the later rounds. What do you guys think? Or what do you think about that, Sherman? What do you have at 29? Yeah, so this pick was slightly biased, not going to lie, by my prop bet of over six and a half offensive linemen taken in the first round. Uh, obviously, they just paid Tannehill and their main thing is running the football which they were able to do extremely well and so they're gonna fill a need with the loss of Conklin sorry Mm -hmm. and uh, take Austin Jackson the tackle Mm -hmm. Jack Conklin now one of the higher paid offensive linemen in the league signing with the Cleveland Browns one of the premier aspects of Tennessee's O-line that was so dominant last season with Derrick Henry so you know given that their offense is really revolving around that run game it wouldn't be a bad move at all to buff it up more with another O-lineman like Austin Jackson so let's get into 30 here. We're nearing the end of the mock draft. We got the Green Bay Packers. Excuse me, I keep doing this. So Ty actually has the Seahawks trading down to this 30 pick. Who do you have the Seahawks taking at 30? <clears throat> I have them getting a, a replacement for uh, Jadavion Clowney, who's another player who's still unsigned, which I think is surprising a lot of people. Uh, I have them going with uh, Ed Rusher out of Auburn, Mar- Marlon Davidson. 
Uh, he's a good edge rusher. He played in SEC. A lot of good offensive linemen in there, and he's proven he can go up against them. And I, I think that the Seahawks get a, a very good pick in Marlon Davidson here. Yeah, Marlon Davidson has impressed me in the film that I've watched. Sherman, what do you have the Packers doing in number 30? Yeah, so the Packers, uh, in my mock draft, they get their pick at the fifth receiver in the draft, whichever their preference is, whether it's Ayuk, Chenault, uh, T. Higgins. They go with T. Higgins because I personally like T. Higgins as a prospect. Uh, it's another weapon for Rodgers to toss it up to alongside Devontae Adams. He's got high potential red zone target for Aaron Rodgers on those fades. You know, If they line up Devontae Adams and T. Higgins on both sides for fades, like what are you really going to do? It's funny to note because a lot, as much fun as we have doing mock drafts, as it turns out, four years later, oftentimes fifty percent or so of the first round picks are, you know, not being re-signed by their original teams, and to a certain extent, they just aren't very successful picks. So a lot of it has to do with the scheme and system that you're getting drafted into. I think getting a guy like T. Higgins into an offense with Aaron Rodgers would be great, and you know, if he was able to get into a situation like that, he would be, you know, as close to succeeding as he possibly could be in terms of his you know, situation. That would be almost as ideal as it could be for a guy like T. So, great great choice for the Packers. For, 49ers, 31. Who do you have them taking, Ty? Uh, once again, uh, I think it was Ben who mentioned earlier, they don't have a lot of picks in those mid, uh, early mid-rounds. Uh, so, I have them trading out of this pick right here with the Dolphins, who look to hop back in. And uh, the Dolphins are going to take Austin Jackson, offensive tackle. Uh, get a guy who can protect Tua which will be huge due to his injury history. And uh, I think the Niners will be happy, more than happy about moving back and collecting some more picks. Absolutely. There's definitely a need to uh, to protect Tua there. And Austin Jackson's mostly, uh, you know, he's got generally first-round status. So I'd say that'd be a good move to make sure you're getting the pieces you need to protect a guy like Tua if you're going to make the move for him. That's a wise move by the Dolphins moving back to get another O-lineman. What do you think, Sharon? What do you have for the 49ers? So this is an interesting pick for the 49ers, especially if they keep uh, both first-round picks. Um, I think they kind of go best player available at this point and get a guy in Kenneth Murray, a very athletic linebacker who can play alongside Fred Warner, who had a stud year on the defense. Uh, Obviously, their defensive line was one of the best, so no real need to improve that. And they took a corner uh, in my mock draft in the first, uh, the earlier pick. So I think they fill a need with Kenneth Murray here. Oh my God, that would be an insanely stacked linebacker room having Quan Alexander, Kenneth Murray, Fred Warner, guys like that, in addition to all the D linemen that they have. That would be Niners. So let's talk the last pick in the 2020 NFL draft here, the last pick in both of your mock drafts. We have the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions in number 32. Ty, who do you have them taking? Uh, I think they go with Trevon Diggs at this pick. I think corner's a huge need for them. Um, they traded, I believe they traded Fuller. Uh, this offseason, so they need a replacement there, and I think Diggs, Diggs is a good guy. He's not the, he's not the best player in the draft, but he, he's a good corner, and I think they, they'll be happy with that pick. Yeah, the Chiefs have a really strong team in pretty much every position aside from corner, so he'll be stepping into a situation where all the pieces around him are doing their part, and he really only needs to focus on doing his role. I think that's a good situation for a corner that's not as proven as some of the top guys in this class, but has first-round potential, so I see that being a good fit. What do you think, Ben? So, yeah, corner and secondary in general is definitely a huge need for the Chiefs, well, defense in general. But I feel like they kind of stick with their mindset of, we don't care, we can outscore you. You put up 50 points, we put up 60. It doesn't matter. So they're going to get a weapon for their offense in J.K. Dobbins here. Second running back taken off the board out of Ohio State. 
versatile running back, can catch the ball out of the backfield, solid runner. Seems like a good fit. Absolutely. So they're just going to even further their offensive production, adding a guy like J.K. Dobbins to go in addition to Super Bowl and Williams. That would be quite the duo to add in addition to Mahomes and Tyreek and Kelsey and all the other guys they have. Not the best thought as a Broncos fan, but I could see them doing that. It's a wise move. So uh, that concludes uh, both of your mocks. Thanks for doing that, guys. That was a lot of fun. Thanks, Thanks, man. Yeah, that was awesome. So I want to ask you guys a couple questions before we sign off here. You both have probably been thinking a lot about your mocks over the past week. I know you guys have spent a fair amount of time on it. Now that we're done the first round here, any guys that stick out that didn't make it into your first round mock that you see as guys that, you know, are, I guess, slipping in your, in your mind? Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, ben had J.K. Dobbins going in the first round, but I think uh, Jonathan Taylor is actually the better of the two. I think he's a stud. Uh, he did get overworked at Wisconsin. Um, uh, he got a lot of carries there. I think I don't. I can't name the exact number, but I, I think he's a stud, and I think he'll be awesome on a rookie deal uh, for three, five years. Um, there's also a lot of safeties. I think we both only had one safety going in the first round in our mocks. Uh, uh, Chen, Winfield, Delpit, all, all great players who I think are going to make some teams happy in the second or third rounds. Absolutely, sure. And what do you think? Any guys that maybe caught your eye as, oh, I wish I could have maybe squeezed them and if we had 34 picks in the first round? For sure. I think I ended up with six offensive linemen, so I was a half short. So hopefully one more offensive lineman finds their way into that first round. Uh, Definitely a guy who Ty just mentioned, Grant Delpit. I feel like Delpit will be a huge value pick in the second round. If he gets there, like mid-second round, that'd be great value. Um, some other guys, I didn't have some of the receivers going first round, like Chanel, Mims, Ayuk, some of the, those guys. That will be huge value in the second round if they're able to get there. And a guy like R- Rager, too. Bunch of guys. Also, Jonathan Taylor, of course. Absolutely. Those are good mentions, guys. Appreciate that. One other guy I wanted to make note of last episode, I mentioned Ross Blacklock out of Tre- Texas Christian University and his character issues that I wasn't able to identify. I ended up putting... What is this Texas guys? Christian University you speak of? TCU. <laughs> no, I know, but no one calls it Texas oh. Christian University. Yeah, kind of weird. I just think about <laughs> that for a second. So it turns out that the character issues were actually... I don't know if you guys remember this, but a month or so it came out that the Raiders had an interview with a prospect where they were the ones who notified him of his 37 parking violations at the school. He claimed to be unaware of them. That was Ross Blacklock. So those are the character issues I was referring. Pretty hilarious. I've racked up some parking tickets myself, but not 37 of them. I'd probably get my car towed if I did that. I mean, I don't blame him. If I was a D1 stud football player, there's not a chance I'd pay for parking down there. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Couldn't agree more, honestly, but that was a lot of fun, guys. I really appreciate you guys doing that. Ty, you in particular, thanks for coming on to the show. It was really nice having you. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me, guys. A lot of fun. Thanks for being the first guest, Ty. Yeah, no worries. We'll have to see whose mock draft is uh, the most accurate out of us three. Mine will definitely be better than Mel Kuyper's, but we'll see. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, all mock's pretty good. I have a lot of similar thought processes behind some of the picks, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it plays out. Yeah. some sports back in our lives to be honest honestly i can't wait for the draft man it's i miss sports so much honestly well um we'll definitely look to have you back on after the draft we can review our mock drafts we can make some predictions as to how we think the league's going to play out now that we'll we'll have a better idea of how teams lay and once the dust settles after the draft so 
if you're up to it, we definitely like to have you on in a few more weeks. And until then, stay safe, take care. And everybody listening, thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed our analysis and we're looking forward to providing you with our next episode this Tuesday when we're having my buddy David Weldon on to discuss his mock draft. Awesome. Sounds good, guys. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys.